This is your Kaiser Manufacturing video cast for Friday, March 20th. And I wanted to say this off the top. During this entire coronavirus situation, we will likely do a video cast every week just to keep people updated on things, where the racing world is. The news is is moving so fast at this point and so rapidly. I'm hoping it's going to slow down at some point. Uh, then honestly, I think it's our job here at Dirt on Dirt and, and of course, Flow Racing. Notice today, too, it's, it's Casual Friday. I'm wearing the Flow Racing t-shirt today. It's, it's sort of a quarantine uh, outfit, I figured. Uh, it's just our job to keep everybody informed as to what's going on in the racing world, how it pertains to certain people in the racing world, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It'll be just like the first one that we did. And if you have not watched that one yet, please go back and watch it. It aired last week, Coronavirus and Racing. Thousands and thousands of views on it. It was a really good sort of jump start to our our coverage of, of this pandemic. Uh, but these are more informal than some of the regular work we do. I think it's good in this time, though, to take a little bit more of a raw approach. Uh, we're going to have some industry people on again today. We've got Rick Schwally. We've got Marshall Green of Capital Race Cars and Brad Stevens, the promoter of 34 Raceway in Iowa. We're just going to call them up on the phone. They know we're calling, but we haven't really discussed what we're talking about at all. So it's like I said, it's going to be a little bit more of a raw environment and just talk about the effect on our sport of the coronavirus, on their businesses specifically in a series of very true conversations. Joining me on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline for today's version is our chief editor of Dirt on Dirt, Todd Turner. One of the voices of our sport and DOD employee, Dustin Jarrett. And of course, over here to my left, we are practicing safe social distancing of roughly 11 and a half feet, Derek. I've 15. counted out 15 feet, Derek Kessinger uh, in the studio with us as well. We also have a special guest in studio today. Boo. So, boo. boo. So everybody know that turn turns on the ones and twos, right? Turns punching all the buttons, turns making things happen. But turn won't be doing that forever as his job continues to grow with flow. It will be our newest hire, Dustin McCarty. There, <laughs> look at him sitting there in his Simpson hoodie next to. I turn. got some stories of this kid. <laughs> nobody asks for stories right now. Nobody, <laughs> nobody needs stories right now. But there he is. To put, turn, put yourself back on camera there. Turn, he, he will be in your seat eventually, yeah, right? You're not going to make him right sit. Here. Okay. I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to make sure that, uh, that he will have. Is he, does he have the access to the microphone right now? I mean, we're going to have to move it around a little bit here. There, there we go. We, me and Turn are not practicing social that is this I am a little right concerned about, I am a little concerned about this it's the first time anybody's seen each other all week so uh, it's been one week guys since we've done this and the world certainly looks a lot different than it did seven days ago Todd I want to start with you as I often do for perspective are we surprised at all where we are in the racing world on March 20th right now virtually everything I saw Lancaster finally shut their doors today for tomorrow virtually everything shut down for the foreseeable future the national series are done for now. Todd, are we surprised where we're at right now? Is this seem about right? Kind of give us your evaluation. I want to start with you first. I think from a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> no matter no matter who was saying that things like this might be coming, we, we just couldn't wrap our heads around it. And of course that night, that Wednesday night when the NBA suspended the season, and it was just it was just like a flurry of announcement after that. And then you I think everybody in their life, whether it's racing or whatever, starts to realize, wait a minute, this is going to affect me X, Y, and Z ways. And yeah. It's, so, yeah, I'm not sure if, if we can get, wrap our heads around it uh, from that distance. E even from a few days ago, you're like, oh, maybe some people are going to race. Maybe this is only going to be a short blip. But 
uh, you know, it, it seems like, you know, we're kind of settled in here for a little while and we're going to have to wait and see what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's really, uh, you know, unprecedented. It's certainly something we've used a lot, but, but that's it's so accurate uh, to describe what's going on. Dustin, what about you as we sit here? And I'm going to mention this in a minute. Speed Week's only ended 34 days ago. Are you surprised where we're at right now on March 20th in the racing world specifically? You know, I think that it, it goes back to what you said in the sense that, like, all of this has just happened so damn quick, you know? I mean, it's you almost didn't want to believe it when when work first started coming out that you know uh, local high school basketball tournaments were being canceled and uh march madness was being at the time you know suspended or postponed and and um i don't know in a way i don't know about you guys but I, i feel like that i still almost and just ready for someone to come out and say, okay, we can get back to normal now. And, and I think that we all know that's not going to happen, but I think just the quickness of, of how everything happened um, has, has kind of left us all in, in a way almost still speechless. Because I, I do, I think that, that all of us, I think I speak for a lot of, of folks within the industry and even a lot of fans as well. When I say that, I, I just, I feel like, at some point in time, very quickly, someone's going to say, okay, we can get back to normal. Again, we all know that's not going to happen, unfortunately, but I think that there's, there's, you know, a part of us deep down inside that, that, you know, for whatever reason, kind of holding on to that, you know? I, I would like to be the one to make that announcement, Dustin, the return to normal announcement as the ambassador for Dirt Late Model Racing. <laughs> Dustin, are you, can you okay me to make, I'll come on the air and I will make the announcement. Guys, it's, it's everybody fire up. We're going racing. Derek, can you, are you giving me permission to do that? <laughs> Yeah, because weren't you like when we did those surveys a few years ago? Like the I'm still mad about Todd about that. Yeah, because they're supposed to be drivers, but didn't you win by like a landslide? We did a vote at PRI who should be the commissioner of dirt late model racing. In a landslide, I won the vote, and Todd would not allow me to win it. Not a driver inside horse trading, so we gave it to (laughs) McDowell. Todd, Todd, now in retrospect, are you not sad that I was not voted commissioner, or you should have allowed it? There, there was some question about the ballot box and stuff there. I'm, I'm not. We, we need to review those votes. I'm, I'm not sure about that. What's wild is I mentioned this. It's just been it's been 34 days since Speed Weeks ended at Volusia. 34. Between everything being canceled and a great majority of Americans now working from home, I think people feel it. To me, I know it feels later than March 20th, and this is something Derek and I have talked about. It feels like May already to me. I guess the point I'm getting at is typically we lose so many races in March and April, over 50%. That's a a scientific exact number, courtesy of Andy Savory. The past few years, we've lost 50% of March and April races. So right now, with all due respect, of course, to the promoters that have been hit by this, it's not been as bad as it could have been. Uh, Let's wait and see what happens if we're having this discussion on Memorial Day, of course. I guess what I'm saying is let's take a deep breath. We lost a lot of races in March and April anyway. And let's see what the next few weeks bring before we write off all of 2020, because it's only March 20th. Dustin, do you kind of get what I'm saying there a little bit? Yeah, no, I, I do. And, and you know, I've thought about that a lot as well. And I was, um, you know, I was looking at some numbers the other day. I was, uh, the, the stat nerd in me was looking at, I was like, man, I wonder how Dirt on Dirt's website traffic is going. And, and I was looking kind of comparing you know the last few years and how we've done in march we we actually have more people visiting the website now than we typically have in march and it's because of that it's because we usually have 
so many rainouts and so much happening right now. I think it's easy for us to all kind of flip out a little bit and think, man, this is, you know, doom and gloom. And, and I've, you know, <laughs> been here and done that too. I'm like, man, I just want to get back to racing. Um, even though I was just racing a week ago. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I think that, that realistically when we step back and think that, you know, yeah, that this is a time of year where we typically don't race a lot. Derek, what do you think about that? I mean, it just feels – Derek and I have seen each other every day. It's really not been that different for us, but it, it, it feels later than March 20th to me, and I think people are already – I've got a lot of texts from industry people the year's over we're done. It's only March 20th. Let's pump the brakes. Well, first off, i got to say, DJ, you were at a race. I can't believe that last <laughs> week. It's somewhere in Texas or Oklahoma. <laughs> Real quick on that, Dustin, like that. wasn't the racetrack you were at got fined for having fans there? Is that correct or no? They did. Yeah, hard of Texas. I was at, well, I was at, I was, I was at, you I should was, have to pay a fine. Different tracks. <laughs> the three tracks of three states last weekend oh, in, in Oklahoma and Texas and Louisiana. So, hey, and, and I, I'd never been to them before. So, I mean, I had to, you know, I had to, you know, cross them off the list. But yeah, Hardo, Texas, they, they got uh, Chase Allen told me they ended up getting fined uh, for every person they were over 200. You should have people. to pay Chase so, yeah, your portion. You should have to pay yeah, Chase I, your I, portion. I guess I contributed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like to your point, though, Rigsby, I think people are like maybe freaking out because there's just so much stuff on social media of like in different news sources that people are reading through. Like you have one report saying this could last up to, you know, a year and a half, two years, this could be a long-term thing. Then you have other reports like, Oh, you know, other countries like China and South Korea, they're getting a handle on this. So, you know, that maybe life could go back to normal. So people are just kind of like reading and then they're just having that initial reaction. So I think that's why you're getting people texting saying this whole season's over. I think we just need to pump the brakes a little bit, listen to your officials, stay at home, and then we can get through this and we'll find, you know, a vaccine for this and we'll get her done and then we'll go car racing. Todd, you're such a good, you and I talk all the time, Todd, we're like, can you believe this was only X amount of days ago? You and I do that in non-coronavirus situations. Are you feeling me a little bit? It feels a lot later than this and I'm not saying we're going to be okay. I know this is an enormous problem, but it is only March 20th. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, I know these things happen when they're going to happen, but you're right. The timing of this seriously could not be much better um, for the sport itself. I mean, if you're going to lose some races, you know, you, this is kind of the deadest time it's going to be. Um, you know, I don't know how it's all going to turn out. It depends on how long it lasts. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's an odd time of, you know, this time of year, it's hard to adjust to it. For us here, you know, I don't know about you guys, maybe a little more. We didn't have a whole lot of winter either. So, yeah. you know, now it's 70 degrees today here in Kentucky. It's beautiful and sunny. Uh, you know, it, it does feel like it's later in the year. But we but we got, you know, if this thing goes, you know, I think you, you said Memorial Day, you know, that would be when it really would start to hurt, I think, if you get into that. Now, if you start where we start trickling back to racing by mid-May, you know, that, that might be a – uh, that might be okay, and that may be a, a good scenario at this point. Todd, I'm going to circle right back to you. What have we learned about our industry during this time? Uh, the stuff that you guys have put out, by the way, three days in a row, Todd, Kevin, and Robert Holman have put out incredible articles on Dirt on Dirt, just in-depth, lengthy, fantastic articles, and they're in kind of snippet form, too, where you can digest them. So please check those out on Dirt on Dirt. Uh, but what have we learned about our industry during this time. I've seen some really creative stuff that I'm going to touch on later uh, in, in the video cast, but what have we learned about dirt track racing 
in the face of a pandemic. I know we've talked to folks inside the industry a lot. So Todd, I want to start with you. Share some of those anecdotes and little things that maybe you've learned or, or what have you yourself observed about our industry during this you know, time of global strife? I think my overall reaction to the, you know, we talked to 20 something people in all kinds of all facets of the sport. I, I was really, to be honest, a little surprised about how many of them were, were kind of accepting this as something that needs to be done. And yes, it's going to be hard. And yes, my business is going to take a hit. And yes, the sport is going to have a hard time coming back from it. And we don't know what's going to happen, but they, you know, more often than not, they came to the terms that that they understand why this is going to happen. And, and you know, contrasted, you know, you see some of these some of these uh, tracks that are kind of desperate to keep racing, and I, and I get that inclination. But sometimes, you know, like in a lengthy Facebook post or something, there's no recognition about the health crisis or right. about the, that you actually might be uh, contributing to this something bad happening. Uh, and, you know, there needs to be a little balance there. Even if you do want to keep racing, you need to be very aware of what you're introducing. I, I know here in Kentucky just uh, this week, you know, they called off uh, church services here, maybe before other states. But one church in western Kentucky had services, and indeed they have found out now that a visitor had coronavirus. So here it is. All those 150 people yeah. at that congregation are now quarantined. I mean, you know, you need to to think about that. And by and large, I think the people we interviewed in racing talking about that were 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 pretty cognizant of that. It's uh, that impressed me particularly. But I would certainly uh, encourage folks to read, especially the industry folks. I think yeah. you know, we don't talk to those guys a lot, uh, but it's names you know: Jack Cornette, Gerald Newton, and some of those you know, kind of behind the scenes guys a little bit, but, but they certainly, you know, they have their, their hand finger on the pulse of racing. So they kind of know, and they hear and talk to racers and they know the the dollars and cents of it. So, so those guys really had a good perspective of, uh, of what this might mean. Todd, you've been in the racing world, obviously for a while here and for a while. Yeah. I yeah. mean, not saying you're old, but you've been covering the sport for a long time <laughs> for a while compared to like, you know, other things and factors in past years, do you think this could affect the sport more? Or do you think it's still too early to tell? I guess I'm asking. Um, I, there's a little bit that thinks that there, there's going to be, you know, life is going to be before and after coronavirus in some ways and racing likewise, you know, how that, how that's going to be. I don't know. Uh, in my career, I've certainly never seen anything. I mean, that's the thing. We're sitting here talking about something. This isn't one of those things where the old timers are like, oh, yeah, I remember the pandemic of 1918. I mean, <laughs> there's nobody sitting around remembering any of this. So so this is all new to everybody. Now, I do remember when I was I was pretty young, but when I was a kid uh, and got, go to, went short track asphalt racing during the 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 Nixon administration and the, the oil crisis and all that stuff, there was literally people who were like, why why would they let them race that's just a waste of fuel and it's bad for the environment and it really became it became a thing for a while um you know i was a little kid and not not old enough to like really bring all that in but that that maybe is the most akin to this that i can think of um i think you're right i mean it's after after this uh i think there may be some changes you know for, you know even outside racing think about all the people working at home and all the people having to adjust and do things different ways some of the stuff people will be like, hey, that's better, or hey, this is a better, more efficient way to work, or hey, this is a way to save money. 
and, and racing may have some of those too. Hey, you know, uh, we've been doing it this all this time. We were forced to change it, and, and now uh, and now this is a better way to go. And and some of those things may pop up. It'll be interesting to see. Before we get Rick Schwally on, I have one more question. But Todd, one thing I wanted to point out to you: I read an article in the New York Times about how. Um, our internet in this country is going to be forced to get better. Everywhere's going to have faster internet because so many more people are going to be on the internet. I knew if there was one positive of the coronavirus, you having faster internet would definitely be something you'd be happy about. So, that's, Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm watching Netflix right now, and it's just it's, it's kind of bumbling along. It's yeah. really difficult to watch. DJ, so. I want to start with you on this question. Before we get to Rick Schwally, prediction time from all three of you. It, I got to thinking, should I ask this question or should I not? Because it's a little... I don't want to say it's dangerous, but, you know, we're race fans, too, so I think we're allowed to make this guess. Over, under on the first race. I, I think it's that May 8th, 9th weekend, I'm hoping. That might be a little optimistic, but that's what I'm hoping. Dustin, when do you think? And a little, You don't have to go on and on, but when do you think you're kind of, in your mind, over, under on when we'll get back to racing? I'm going to take the over on that. I, I think it's going to be a little closer to the end of May, just given everything that I've seen, read, heard, industry people I've talked to, that sort of thing. Again, I'm, I'm no doctor or anyone, but I, I, I think we're looking, unfortunately, maybe a little bit later. Derek? I think we're going to start off a bang Memorial Day weekend, just like DJ said. I think it's going to be a little bit warmer. I think they're going to have a clamp down on this thing, hopefully, and I think the end of May, maybe early June, but I'm, I'm going to go Memorial Day weekend. Todd, what about you? Memorial Day seems, seems safe. Now, one thing to, be, to remind us of I don't think there's going to be a light switch that says, okay, back to normal. Right. You know, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be ramping back up, you know. And, and, you know, some race, some tracks in certain areas may get to race a little little sooner or whatever. So I don't, I don't think we're going to have a, a complete, you know, from zero to 100% when we turn it back on. I think we all agree May, though, right? That's a general consensus here. We don't think April's probably happening. Nobody? I would say no. I mean, I'm hopeful <laughs> <Okay>. for May. <laughs> That's, uh, all right. Well, it was so everyone's so depressed about no April. I'm going to go ahead and dial Rick Schwally up right now. I've been kind of waiting to get Rick on for a while. He obviously deals with an awful lot. Uh, his job is a series director of Lucas Oil. And like I said, these are real raw. So you're going to hear the, the phone dialing and everything on these. It's kind of the way that I wanted them to happen. Make sure we get Rick dialed out here. Memorial Day. Everybody's saying Memorial Day. Rick, do I got you? Yep, you got me. All right, Rick. We are, uh, just like we did our previous one, we are coming in hot live right now. You've got Derek Kessinger, myself, Dustin Jarrett, and Todd Turner. We appreciate you uh, appreciate you joining us. First off, before we get into any racing stuff, how are you? How's the family health-wise? Everybody safe down there in the Cincinnati area? Yeah, we're doing just fine. We went, uh, like everybody, went got a bunch of groceries and uh, <laughs> kind of just uh, slowed everything down around here. Uh, Friday was very hectic with what was developing, you know, by the minute yeah. all weekend. And, and then uh, once we made our announcement Monday on us pausing things for 30 days, it kind of slowed, slowed down quite a bit. And, uh, the warm sunny day out today right now, it rained all week, but it's just now uh, for a little while here before it comes through with a cold front later this evening, we've got some warm temps. So we've been outside washing and doing some of our work from a few weeks that we hadn't got done yet. I know that you and I joke all the time, right? If it's going to rain, if it's a Tuesday and it's going to rain on a Friday, Saturday, you get 8,000 text messages and phone calls. It's the life of a series director. So I, I got to thinking about during this, what must it be like to be Rachel right now during this entire, this entire process, if that's what a, a, a crappy forecast is like. So 
Explain that to me. What has it been like to be the, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series series director during the coronavirus? Just try to take us through that. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're right. When the rain comes, and, and it's it's kind of a twofold thing. A promoter is oftentimes counting on our event is is what makes their season. So a promoter is always uh, very optimistic. Oh, we can get this in. We're going to get it in. It's only a ninety percent chance of rain. Well, we we still got ten percent. We can possibly do it. <laughs> and then on the other side of it is, is we race an awful lot. And our race teams, they don't have an emotional ties for the most part to any of the races. So if it don't look picture perfect, they're calling on Monday, when are you going to cancel it? When are you going to cancel it? So it's, it's uh, uh, always kind of stuck in the middle of that. And, and at the beginning of the year, we sign up to do all these, right? So you, you figure you have them to do, whether you, you got a 60% chance of rain or not. So uh, this one was completely different. It, it's uh you had half the people calling the saying that there's no possible way you're going to be able to race. And, and we all got to uh, take precautionary measures and put steps in place. And then the other half of the crowd was calling saying, what's this, this Corona thing. And surely that's not going to stop us. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, uh, and, and for the most part, I'm not able to take a lot of those calls. So my, my phone probably rings. I don't know. On an easy day, a hundred incoming calls, okay. and and in that time, I'm also consulting with with our own staff, and we're looking at the at the the you know the big picture of all this, or we're consulting with the promoters that we have our our races lined up with to to the point where I'm just I'm not able to take all those calls. So <laughs> oftentimes, when they don't get a hold of me, they they call Francis next. Uh, or they'll check with somebody else. They'll call Ashley occasionally, or he here. But uh, yeah, so it's that's that's it's been a lot of the same as, as say bad weather comes. So it's, it's been pretty pretty similar in those aspects. Take us through the process. I'm going to open it up to to Dustin, Todd, and Derek for some questions too. But take us through the process of the decision to postpone those next four events, uh, starting with this weekend's what would have been this weekend's at Atomic and Brownstown. How do you end up at those decisions ultimately? And I'd imagine in your case, it's a little bit different. I mean, Lucas Oil is a, a major American corporation, you know, so you are, it's a little bit of a different process for you, but kind of put us in your seat and you and Richie and everything you guys went through and the decision to postpone those four events. Sure. It, it takes, and it's a very time consuming thing. And, and oftentimes, wherever like Richie and I were landed in our mind, by the time we got to a landing point, the whole situation had changed all over again. <laughs> so it, uh, it was it was definitely something. Um, we started probably Wednesday of last week, and I called Richie in the morning. We still talk uh, every day, and and I just I call him. I said, "Man, I think this thing it could have an effect on us. Uh, we don't race for you know roughly ten days, but I still think it can get to us." And uh, we started looking into it a little further, a little further. And, and I, I, I even said something to him like, man, I think by like later today, this will be a big deal. And, and literally it was, uh, not, not, not saying we need to pat ourselves on the back for this or anything. I just, I just, we were, we were looking at it right when it was the time to be looking at it. And, uh, I say all those things because when we call a promoter, 
for instance, they're not, they haven't even looked at it yet. So <laughs> it's, it's, they're in the crowd of, what are you, wait a minute, what, what are you talking about here? So it's, it's, uh, uh, I, I remember talking to Jim Price at Brownstown that Jim has been on equipment each day and hadn't even paid any attention to the news. He was just doing what he needed to do to be ready for the next week. And, and it wasn't later until Jim was able to sit down and, and listen in, take in the news, go over the weekend uh, where, where he wasn't at the racetrack and, and be able to kind of wrap his mind around it to where, uh, it's a lot easier to make these decisions when we're all on the same page with them. So it's uh, uh, the mandations coming down from from governors of each state was was something that we were having to keep a close eye on. Uh, Department of Health websites was was one that we were kept in, or kept watching for for new statements put out. Uh, didn't really pay much attention to a local news station, for instance, because that stuff is oftentimes skewed in a direction that that may lead you i mean i I read an article this week that made me think that amazon was not going to deliver anymore (laughs) and and it it wasn't the case you know so it was just so we don't we don't pay much attention to that stuff we were we were looking to see what each governor for each state was suggesting or saying or recommending whether it was a ban um just to even see what our potentials were there so it just took time to work through all that um, and they were all different for each state. Um, but altogether, the, the CDC was making a recommendation, and, and even that recommendation is eight weeks, which is further than what we even um, made our move of 30 days at. So sure. it will, we'll just have to see how this thing transpires uh, as we get into a few more weeks into the process. Todd and Dustin, I'm sure you guys have some stuff for Rick, too. Guys, you go ahead. Uh, Dustin, start with you. Yeah, Rick, you don't, uh, you don't have to go into a lot of details about this, but just one thing that I wondered was, have you guys started looking at contingency plans maybe beyond the 30 days, knowing that, A, this thing could last a while, and, and B, that there are only so many open dates on a, on a racing calendar as well? And again, I, you don't have to go into maybe all the specific details. I was just curious, you know, how much farther down the road you guys have kind of started looking at stuff with that in mind. Yeah, absolutely, Dustin. We've uh, uh, this is uh, first and foremost. We needed to get these first two weekends off our chest and get those out there. And what our plan was that that calmed our phones down quite a bit, where we were then able to to take a, a long evaluation of the other racetracks and begin to open those communications up. So we have we have talked to uh, all of the racetracks. I think other I haven't talked to Mr. Hargrove at, at Ponderosa yet, but the rest of them we've talked to all the way through uh, Mother's Day weekend. So it's another three race weekends and begin to look at what our options are. We, we've done nothing. All those weekends are on as scheduled right now and, and they will continue to be. And we'll just, but what we are, we are working with the racetracks and, and looking at what alternative plan comes to that, uh, to where we're out ahead of that a little bit. Todd, you go ahead for Rick too. Yeah, Rick. Uh, good to talk to you. Um, I know uh, you mentioned Richie, but what you know, Lucas Oil Corporate is a is a big operation. What what about some of the kind of non-racing people, so to speak, at Lucas Oil? Have you been able to lean on any of the resources uh, there in California among among those folks about about their their particular business and what they uh, see for you guys with the racing? Yeah, and and Todd, honestly. 
first and foremost, the foundation of the company is an oil product company. So uh, <laughs> as, as busy as all this was for us, and as much as we wanted to quickly make a statement last weekend on, or, you know, last Friday on this, the folks at Lucas obviously had the best interest of their business with Lucas Oil Products and, and all the employees they got first. So, uh, and, and I'm glad to be wrapped up in that. You know, as, as an employee, we've we've heard from our our corporate office that uh, that we'll weather this storm and we'll be okay and we'll get through this process and and if possible stay at home work from home uh, no necessary unnecessary traveling over the roads we just don't need to expose ourselves to that um, uh, yeah so it, it's ultimately um, it's been rest assuring that we've had the support of uh, all the folks from Forest and Charlotte. To, to everybody at Lucas Oil to, to help us through this process too. So it's and just put rather you know peace of mind to us ourselves. I mean, this is my full time job. This is my wife's full time job as well. So it's one family here <laughs> to be crippled with a decision and and uh, so it, it's very serious. So we we recently hired Heath Lawson uh, uh, to come in and do our graphics work and, and as our photographer and and. Heath left Alabama, moved to Batavia here where we live, and we got him an apartment here in town. And and uh, and just weeks after he got here, here here this comes. So it's it's uh it's something that's it's pretty scary to all of us, as I'm sure it is all all Americans, all of our, our listening base, far as uh, racers goes, and, and race teams, crew guys, everybody's very concerned about the whole economic uh impact that this could have on our sport our jobs and everything that we all do hey rick it's derek here um what was like the exact moment when you realize or can you remember exact moment you're like okay we gotta cancel you're seeing all these other sporting events you're seeing nascar they're postponing things like when was there any exact point in time where you're like okay this we're gonna pull the trigger here not necessarily no because we were we were still thinking that we didn't know how soon all this would come. So if, if, if it came down to it and this was slow, then we would probably still got atomic and Brownstown in, uh, just, to, just to keep everybody doing what we do. Um, uh, it's just at the point where really, I, I guess Derek, the point where we had to be really concerned with is when, when the local governments were, were banning and shutting it all down. That's, that's your hands are tied at that point. And, and honestly, that's how it should be. I, there's, I know a lot of a lot of outpouring, hardcore dirt late model fans think, well, our government shouldn't run this stuff for us, and our <laughs> our government shouldn't do uh, make these decisions for us. But ultimately, they're they're making a decision that just for the health of the citizens of their state, and it really it takes a lot of pressure off a promoter ourselves to have to make that decision whether we make the right decision or not and it makes it a lot easier if state has has made the decision for us in that aspect well rick i really appreciate it we've got uh, a couple other calls brad stevens a promoter one of your racetracks 34 raceway in iowa we're going to get to uh, and then of course i want to talk to marshall green from capital race cars but i just want to tell you thank you very much uh you know, I was trying to get you for a few days, but understand or a few times on the air, but understandably, you had a hundred things going on uh, that you were doing. So, thank you very much for this ten to fifteen minutes. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, stay healthy down there with your family. Give Ashley and Addison 
Uh, and even Heath, give Heath our love too. Uh, just elbow taps though, Rick. No, no handshakes with Heath. No hugs, okay? <laughs> so. Well, I, I, I think it's important. And before I let you go, I just want everybody to remember: we'll we'll come out on the other side of this. We may have to take two steps back, before we can take one forward. But we we have a positive thing going on right now. Our our season started off with a really good race, and last year uh we 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 prepare in, in certain segments of our schedule so we were preparing after speed week for atomic through the show me that that's our 16 race stretch there where everything gets prepared for and in that 16 race stretch we lost 11 of those last year to rain so as far as our team sitting idling and uh not getting racing in and, and those sort of things i don't think we're in a terrible position yet i mean i, I feel like we we just got to be positive about it. it is what it is at least uh um i don't feel like i'm necessarily always the the dad the husband or the the son that i want to be so maybe this is a, a, a relieving time to where we can be those people that we want to be with our families right now and yeah. um, we'll come out on the other side i'm sure all right rick we really appreciate it thanks bud we'll be in touch soon okay all right thanks a lot guys have a good one Thank you very much, Rick. That's very candid stuff there. Uh, Dustin, you don't always hear Rick talking in such a candid manner. I know you've known him for a long time. That was kind of nice and refreshing to hear, I think, there. Yeah, I, I like the – I love the rawness of it and, and the fact that uh, really he, he brought up some some really, really good points. And I think that when – I don't know whether it's him or anyone really that is um, candid like that, I think it just – I think it adds a lot more realism to yeah. uh, not just this conversation but what we do in general. I want to grab Brad Stevens, dial him up, the promoter and owner of 34 Raceway, and get him on the line. He's been waiting. He said he felt like he got bumped for Rick. I said we had to, we had to put Rick first in the in the video cast he order. Was watching Price is Right, I think. <laughs> I got a message on. He was watching Price is Right. <laughs> Brad, are you there? Yes, sir. All right, Brad, we got you. You are live on the air with us right now. Actually, Dustin says that you're actually watching Price is Right. You're not working at all right now. Is that true or not? Uh, actually, Ricky Thornton and Junior is watching The Price is Right, and he made a comment about Plinko, and I said, Dustin Jarrett tried, but he failed. He didn't get on the show. He just sat front row. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. He did fail. We appreciate you being here, Brad. Of course, the promoter and owner of 34 Raceway in West Burlington, Iowa. Brad, you and I have become you know, friends over the years in the racing world. I look back, our last email exchanges and texts have been 10 years now, which is kind of crazy. And the reason I find your story so interesting as it pertains to all the coronavirus stuff is because and you help me out on the timing here, Brad, but I know you left your other job to take over 34 raceway to take ownership of the racetrack. This is your livelihood. This is how you make money. I wanted to say it was two years ago. Is that right, Brad? Was it last year or two years ago when that happened? Yeah. Yeah. We're rolling in. This was, this was the start of our third season third, okay. owning the racetrack. And so you know, let me ask you at the, at the realist level, you know, this is your life 34. You have a big race in May. Your season starts in May. How are you handling all this? What are you and, and Jesse, of course, uh, making of all this right now? Well, I would say our first year was obviously a learning experience. As you know, I've been a promoter on a small scale before we bought the race. Sure. The Slocum. Yep. Uh, doing, yep. The, doing the Slocum 50 race, and we just took our time and grew that into something. So our first year owning 34, we didn't want to take major steps. We just wanted to get our feet wet, learn the business better, learn the, the ownership part of the business better, because that's obviously something we knew nothing about. And we had a successful first year. We had a nice little nest egg rolling into year two. 
And in year two, the biggest thing with this coronavirus for me is year two, we had 29 events and we got rained out 16 and a half times. Yeah. It was the most rain we've ever had in Southeast Iowa ever since they started keeping track of all that stuff. We went months without racing at a time. We got rained out one whole month twice during last year. So our nest egg we built up from year one helped us out tremendously in year two. So we are literally limping into year three and we have sponsorship dollars coming in and we've, we've done very good at marketing. We've taken, we've just kind of sat back. It's very nice to be able to watch what, what you guys do to watch what Ben does, you know, Ben Sheldon does. We just, we really observe and it's really helped us out in three short years of owning this racetrack. When we roll into this year, we sold every single night this year, sponsorship wise. We have a title sponsor for even our weekly shows. Good for you. And now our biggest concern is we have sponsors wanting to know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, do, do they get their money back and this and that? So now we're in a position like this is great. You know, this, what, what are we going to do now? And this a part that a lot of people don't realize is there's only three privately owned racetracks in the state of Iowa. All the other racetracks, majority of the racetracks you go to and i'm going to say probably in the midwest they're tied to a fair board some way shape or form so i have property taxes coming up here at the end of the month i've already paid my property insurance my dram shop insurance my liquor license my food license you know paid to have my employees safe smart certified you know that's all money that's just gone you know, and I've seen that I think you might have put the realist perspective other than some of the written stuff that Todd and them have produced uh, that I've gotten interview wise, right? That is real. We have bills, we have sponsors, and what are we going to do about those? And it'd be one thing, I think, Brad, if I told you, hey, for sure, May 1st, this is all going away. You could at least plan around that. It has to make it even more scary. You have no idea when this is going to stop, right? Right. The way it looks at now, the governor in Iowa has only closed bars and restaurants down till the end of March, but the no gatherings of more than 10 people go all the way in the second week of April. So do you rely on that? I mean, I I believe in my heart it's going to get extended just on how everything's going. It's going to get extended. So that wipes out our Slocum 50 race in April. Yeah. And we've already, you know, it's just one of them things. We're very fortunate to have some of the sponsors already call us and say, don't worry about it. We're, nice. we're good. Don't worry about it. But we still have half of them who are small businesses just like we are. And it's obviously a concern for them because it's, it's money they chose to spend marketing-wise, you know, and it's, it's a conversation we're really having every single day with our marketing partners. And it's something that got me and Jesse really nervous. Very, very nervous. Brad, I've seen a lot of, before I turned it over to the guys for questions, the last thing I have, I've seen a lot of tracks posting on social media and they often say, we talk to our local officials, we talk to our local representatives. I'm sure you have done that, or I don't know, maybe you have or haven't, but who are these local officials? If Brad Stevens wants to get a hold of somebody to talk to about this, who is that? I don't even know where you'd go and maybe you can help me through that process. The, the nice thing about the state of Iowa, since we on just a regular Saturday night, more than likely we have over a thousand people every Saturday. So we have a different phone number with the state of Iowa that I'm sure Knoxville has because I've talked to McCoy a little bit up there at Knoxville about this. And it's not 
just a phone number that everybody has. Since we host events that have so many people, when we call this number, they actually do answer. It's not leave a message or wait for an hour. They actually do answer, and they have told us, don't cancel months out in advance yet. Just keep taking this step by step, because the biggest thing is if this does flatten out or taper out or whatever, and we can go back to normal, they're advising us, don't cancel clear out to July or whatever. Like some people are, we have people asking us about getting their money back for the World of Outlaw race we have, you know, getting their money back for the Lucas Oil race and stuff. Well, we haven't canceled any of those shows because sure. we don't want to have to backpedal if they if this does let loose earlier than right. what we're hoping, you know? Make one decision instead of two decisions. Right, right, right. That's right. So I will say that the state of Iowa, who we're talking to in Des Moines, has been very very good at answering questions for us and everything but like i say it's way different than just a bar or a restaurant calling them because we host so many people at our event they, they're really talking to us a lot because obviously they don't want us to do anything todd i want to start with you what uh, what do you, questions do you have for brad stevens promoter at 34 yeah brad good to talk to you i was i was wondering you know we skipped around like hey what what creative ideas can you have to kind of get back to racing in case there's still some crowd limitations or anything? Do you, have you looked at anything like that? Like if, like say they say, okay, you can start easing back into it, but not the full bore people sitting shoulder to shoulder. Would would you figure out something or consider something where you space out fans, maybe space out uh, where cars fit and things like that to kind of still kind of maintain some social distancing, even though there is a large group of people there. Anything like that or any other ideas have you thought about? If it stays the way that it stays now, one of our biggest concerns that Jesse and I are talking about is our very first race would be the Slocum 50 if they stick with their dates and everything now. And we're like, uh, are people going to want, are they going to want to come out of the house? Are they still going to be very nervous? Are they going to show up? So, and do we want to start with a race of that caliber? Because as Mike, Michael can tell you, we only charge $20 for that race. Yeah. That race is not about the racetrack making money. That's about growing the foundation. So if you only have, a, you know, a thousand people show up for that race, we lost money big time because we only charge 20 bucks to get in. Luckily, if it was a weekly show, I really do think we can do that. Our grandstand seat 4,000 people. So a thousand people in our grandstands, there is plenty of room to spread out for a weekly show. But since everybody's locked up inside, when we do get the race, are they going to be wanting to get out of that house? And the next thing you know, you got 4,000 people showing up. And how do you handle that whole situation? You hate to turn people away. Yeah, that's, that's, I, again, I think this is some of the realest talk that I've heard from a promoter, which doesn't surprise me because Brad is one of the realest guys that I know in the sport. Um, I think everybody's going through that stuff right now. Uh, Dustin, what do you have for Brad? Yeah, hey, Brad. One thing that I was wondering is I, I have talked with some of the local promoters here in my area, in Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, um, is they've kind of brainstormed and looked at things on down the road in 2020 to um, make up for, you know, potential lost races and, and really and truly in some cases just uh, sustain, you know, what they have. I want to know, have you guys started looking into that creatively in, in terms of not what Todd was talking, but creatively, like, are we thinking, have you thought about maybe 
uh, extending the season? Have you thought about more events? Have you thought about specials only? Have you thought about midweek races? Have you guys thought about doing anything just to, again, kind of help sustain both the racers on their side and, and then, you know, the monies and the funds needed just to make this thing work? I'm very fortunate to have two racetracks very close to me, as in Lee County and Columbus Junction Speedway. We've done a very good job of we sit down in the off season, uh, Larry Richardson and Brian Gaylord, and we make sure we don't schedule on top of each other. And getting to your question, Brian is at Lee County has the fall brawl. He's already thrown some dates and stuff at me. And it just came down to, Brian, me and you are good. We are good friends. Larry up at Columbus, we're good. But once this thing breaks loose, we're, we can't worry about scheduling on top of each other. We have to take care of our own. Yeah. And so where he wants to put the fall brawl, what him and Tony have kind of talked about and stuff was against one of my bigger sprint car shows. So we just, we're just throwing it back and forth. We're like, um, hopefully it's two separate crowds, sprint car people for us, late model people for you on that weekend. And that's just what all racetracks are going to have to do. The Illini is canceled. You know, I mean, there's some big races where I hate to have the Slocum 50 if I reschedule it later in the year go against the Illini. So there's going to be a lot of phone calls going on to make sure that we don't put big money specials on top of each other because that, that's going to hurt everybody in general. But, yes, we are looking into October. Our biggest thing is Burlington is only 24,000 people. Mount Pleasant's only 13,000 people. Those are the two towns close to me. Iowa Hawkeye football, where I'm at, we're only an hour and 15 minutes away from Iowa City, where the University of Iowa is. All my booth holders, I have 22 suites on top of my grandstands. I would say 75% of those people also have season tickets to Iowa, (laughs) to Iowa football. So I have to be careful scheduling races in October. If it's a, say, Iowa-Michigan home game, night game, they're at the football game. So that's the thing. That's another thing that I have to play on scheduling these races later. I I feel great for guys like Ricky Kai and stuff in the Quad Cities where you got a couple hundred thousand people to draw from. So it's not a big hit to them. But where I'm located, it's a huge hit for me. Iowa football is a big hit. So us going into October is definitely going to be tough. I will reschedule the Slocum 50. I will get that in no matter – I don't care if I have to race on a Monday. That race is for my best friend, and I will get that race in some way, shape, or form. But obviously, I'm going to reach out to everybody. I'm going to talk to everybody at World of Outlaws, everybody at Lucas Oil, MLRA, Mars, because I don't want to put big race on top of big race. And if we don't work together on that, it's going to be bad. Uh, I think it, to, to your point there, uh, Talladega and 411 rain out or don't rain out are postponed by Lucas Oil on April 3rd and 4th. They had to put them on top of the firecracker, right? Those are, I think those two series have done a good job working together, not trying to schedule big events on top of each other. And that's just going to have to, like you said, 2020 is going to kind of be a shit show, isn't it, Brad, when it comes to scheduling and we're just going to have to deal with it. So it, it's absolutely going to definitely be a shit show. And we're all <laughs> going to, we're all going to have to make, educated decisions you know and it's you can't even say decision we're all going to make educated guesses as far as our proximity to one to to each other you know here in iowa and illinois we have a lot of heavy hitters right here which is one great thing about where we're located with your pierce and fagers i mean you got a lot of big name guys right here but if the illini 
or Prairie Dirt Classic or something as on the same week as the Slocum, those guys can drive an hour to them racetracks. They're not going to drive three hours to me. So you have to play that game where you got to have the cars to show up as well as the fans to show up. And we hate splitting fans, but we hate splitting cars even more because you hate to have a show. I mean, Michael, you know, the one year we had previous owners, not Tony Izzo, previous owners of Mars back out on us the day before. Yeah. And yeah. Derek was there. And that we night. only yeah. had what? I think it was like 19 had, cars, I think. I think. Yeah. It was 19 heavy hitters, yeah. but none of those uh, Mars guys came up or anything. So that was just a bad deal all around. And then that puts you in a predicament because now all the fans are looking at you going, what'd you do? Right. You know, right. <laughs> what, what did you do to piss these people off? And like, uh, we didn't do nothing. They, they pulled the plug on us because of the weather and the weather was gorgeous. <laughs> well, Brad, you're one of the more headstrong guys I know. Love you and Jesse both. Uh, we'll be thinking about you. Uh, stay healthy, obviously. And uh, just, I, I think you're, you're handling it right. One week at a time right now. Uh, one week, one you know, one set of ten days at a time is about the only way you can do this thing. So I thank you very much for joining us, Brad, and uh, just keep everybody informed on that social media constantly about everything you guys got going on. I think is is the most important thing to do, which it seems like you guys have been doing. No, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate what what you guys are doing at Flow and Dirt on Dirt, putting all the old videos up, and <laughs> I trying. mean that's fantastic for fans. Uh, that's that's great. What what Ben Sheldon did the other day, or just yesterday you know, with his podcast and put that out to just pick random places to buy merchandise, try to just spread the love because everybody's just sitting around, you know, and not knowing what to do. And it's kind of scary, but you guys are definitely helping us out by doing what you're doing. I tune in. I've sat at my computer and watched more of them old races and just, (laughs) it's nice to get away for a little bit and just go back in time and be like, Hey, I was there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, I appreciate it, Brad. Tell Jesse, we said hello, stay healthy out there and be safe. Okay. Yep. Thanks guys for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Derek, what year was that? The Mars that he's talking about. I kind of forgot about that, which is I dial Marshall up here. I think it was, uh, if I'm looking at it right, 2017. But yeah, you know, in Brad, I went to the Slocum 50 in 2014. That's kind of when they went from just a local level yeah. to like a super it late a, model race. It was a race. big show, yeah. It was a big show. And the first day we get there, they're feeding us food. <laughs> so I love going to the Slocum 50. And I knew that he, there's no way in hell he's going to cancel that race. Like they will run it even on a Monday night. That race means so much to that guy and that family running that 34 race. But that's like their premier first event. No wonder Derek wanted to have Brad on. He's feeding yeah, him every time he goes race. up there. Now I'm dialing up Marshall Green uh, right now. Hopefully Marshall, Marshall answers. Marshall's ringing, guys. He's ringing. Hello. Marshall, you there? Yep. Well, you are live on the air right now with Todd, DJ, and Derek. How are you, buddy? Doing good? All right, first and foremost, everybody healthy down there in the Atlanta era, you, area, you and Mia and the family and everybody doing good, Marshall? Yeah, as of right now, everything's good in Atlanta. Okay. All right. Just uh, got to check on my friends. So uh, we've had your, our final interview of this video cast. We had a series director on in Rick Schwally. We had a track owner and promoter on Brad Stevens of 34 raceway up there in Iowa. And I thought we needed a chassis builder on too, an, an industry guy. So capital race cars, Marshall green joins us now on the Integra shocks and Springs hotline. Marshall, as you survey the landscape of all this right now as a, as a business owner, a chassis builder in our sport, how do you feel about all this? I know that's a simple question and kind of broad, but how do you feel right now at this moment? Well, there's just a lot of uncertainty right now as to what, you know, the future holds as far as uh, the near future. I mean, um, 
we're very fortunate to have cars to build right now. Our backlog usually runs between 10 and 12 cars year round of a backlog. Um, but you know, if, um, we're definitely not going to be selling any cars in the future if we don't get back to racing. And, you know, that's a little bit disturbing, but you know, the economy is one thing to be concerned about, but I mean, the health and well being of just our friends and family and yeah. fellow competitors and everything to me, you know, trumps the economy thing right now because everybody in this industry is not one bit lazy. They'll work, they'll, they'll make do, um, but when your health, you know, gets in the way of being able to do that, you know, I feel like the health is, is a way bigger concern than, than the economy. Let's say that this drags into June, heaven forbid, July, early July. I think we're all kind of hoping it's May 1st, May 2nd, but maybe it's later. Let's say it's June or July. Give me the raw, bare-bones impact on capital. Like, what you know, if, if I said, hey, Marshall, we're not going to race again until June 1st, are you thinking, eh, we'll be fine? Are you thinking, like, yeah, it just makes things a little interesting for us? I mean, I always see the glass running over the top. I'm, I'm <laughs> a very positive mental attitude kind of person. But, um, you know, it, it would definitely, if it got plumbed into June, you know, end of June, 1st of July, you know, it would make things difficult. Uh, that's just being honest. I mean, we've got cars to build, like I said, but, you know, I don't know if we're going to be expecting guys that's got cars on order calling, you know, wanting to say, hey, can you hold up and let's see what takes place here yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, that's being realistic about, you know, until – until we get back to racing, I don't really know that any of us knows what to expect. It, it just right now, and it, I think it kind of goes this way for other than the races, of course, that are supposed to be run in March and April, but like Mark Richards and I talked a little bit, and I've talked to Tater, and I've talked to some of these other chassis builders. They're about on pace in March right now because there's not a ton of racing anyway, so you're trying to finish cars up from orders you had in January, February. I'd have to imagine at this point in time, it's kind of business as usual, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all of our guys are healthy. They're working. I mean, the the backlog on our stuff usually stays anywhere from, like I said, ten to twelve cars out pretty much year round. Um, you know, with we had a couple of misfortunes in Speed Week. Like Billy Junior goes out there and flips the car, and you know, out west, and then Tyler had two cars tore up um, from Speed Week that you know added a couple cars to our list, but at the end of the day, right now, things are very normal, yes. Uh, turn it over to our guys, too. we got Dustin Jarrett, Todd Turner, and Derek Kessinger. Derek, do you want to start with Marshall? I feel like 2020 season for you was going to be – like, I feel like you were more pumped up because you got both Moyers running your cars. You got Shane Clayton going to the Lucas Oil Series. So I feel like 2020 was going to be a very big year for you guys. Is it kind of disappointing that this is all on halt, I guess? Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we have high expectations. Uh, you know, getting better guys in our stuff. Every time we get someone that, that has the experience and the capabilities of going out and producing big wins, for sure. I mean, we were really excited about this year, and, and we're still looking forward to it. I mean, like I said, I'm very positive about thinking that this will be over pretty soon. Um, you know, just when that time comes, we'll go race. And, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to the year. DJ, what do you got for Marshall? Hey, Marshall, this is DJ. I was wondering if, you know, we, we talk a lot about how there's just, there's no off season in our sport anymore. And, and that's true in so many different facets of, of what we do. This might be the closest thing to a quote unquote off season that we've had in quite some time. So 
I wonder, kind of putting a positive spin on this, if you guys use this downtime, knowing that you're not going to be racing for at least a few more weeks to um, to do any any developing, any um, research, any testing, R&D, anything at all along those lines. Yeah, we're actually, that's a, that's a very good question. We're actually planning a test for this Saturday. Uh, we've got some guys lined up to go to go test this Saturday. You know, I'm very blessed to have some of the best employees in the whole industry. Um, my guys at the shop do an amazing job. It allows me to spend a lot of time working on, you know, speed and R&D and just working with our customers hands-on, one-on-one. And, um, you know, that's what we've all been talking about. I mean, we've we've even talked at making some trips. You know, as long as the government don't shut the roads down, we've we've looked at going – to other parts of the country to do a little testing because testing in the southeast can be hard because uh, you know some of the racetracks are just not as racy when there's only one or two cars there testing as some of the places you know in the midwest and mississippi and places like that can be but definitely testing is is one of the things that we're focused on right now we're spending a lot of time you know just trying to stay busy mentally too because if you watch the news every day all day long, you know, a few minutes. Good Lord, it'll drive you crazy, you know. So, just, uh, just some sanity of, you know, what? Let's just focus on, you know, being the best that we can be every day, and and uh, definitely testing for sure. Todd, uh, last thing, what do you have for for our good friend Marshall Green? Hey, Marshall, good to talk to you. You know, I know you're confident that this thing will, will wrap up soon, and we all are hoping it will, but. Uh, suppose this thing does drag on for a certain amount of time. Do you, uh, with your shop and equipment, do you have any kind of rainy day projects you can work on that would be uh, sustainable, <laughs> or or could you retool and do something uh, uh, maybe with a uh, you know something a little different than racing or any kind of fabrication or anything? I mean, do you have a kind of a fail safe thing in case in case you really have an extended break here from racing? Well, we also own Capital Fabrication. Capital Race Cars and Capital Fabrication is 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 the two businesses that me and I own, um, along with some you know apparel stuff that she does, and with our kids that they do. Um, yeah, I mean our machine shop and fabrication shop runs you know five six days a week um, on stuff that has nothing to do with racing. So that definitely you know allows us the opportunity to to survive i guess you could say but you know our racing business has grown so much in the last five years um our main focus and the thing that we're passionate about is building the race cars you know last year we designed a brand new race car that at our our 19 stuff is a new version of the capital um you know so we're really really doing a little research on helping better develop that uh, for going into the future. That's what this little off-season or little break, I guess, we're having in the action is allowing us more time to to spend on stuff like that. But, you know, as far as business outside of racing, man, I, like I said, I'm just going to focus on the fact that there's a lot of smart people in this country that'll, that'll make good decisions and hopefully uh, – We'll get this thing back on track and be back at the racetrack before you know it. Marshall, I think it's time for a little levity here. A uh, couple, let's do some actual racing things. And then I have an admission to make for you I've never made. As we dig through our old archives, 
one race that I'd really like to find is Todd. You can help me, and I'm sure Marshall, you remember what was the Have a Tampa race you won at Hobstadt? Was that right? You won a Have a Tampa race at Hobstadt? Is that right? 1997, I believe it was. Todd, is that yeah. right? I'm challenging him. Todd, you'll know. Is that the right? Is that same year as the Dirt Track World Championship? Then, right? Yep, it was. Um, yep, think... it was. It was. It was 97. I'm pretty sure. Todd, are you challenging him on that? I like it, if possible. No. <laughs> no, I, I think that's right. It was, uh, I was there. I mean, it was a uh, love hop side. It was fun, uh, fun to see those guys out there. It was a little bit different crowd there than they normally had. How about this? The, how about this three, three race swing for have a Tampa August 1st at I 30 in little rock, August 2nd at Paducah, August 3rd at tri-state Wendell skip Marshall win those three races. How about that? Uh, Marshall, you Hobstad was just such a, a place, I guess you weren't really, I wouldn't think that, oh, it'd be your super cup of tea, but I remember you being really good that night. Well, it was the first time we'd ever been there, and I was amazed when every, like, in between every heat race or, you know, heats and B-mains, this guy pulls out there with the office <laughs> amount of farming equipment and farms this racetrack, so it's like you don't really know what to expect. And I remember, <laughs> I remember this uh, about that particular night. Um, you know, in the South, a cushion's something you lay your head on. You don't learn anything about racing on a cushion. <laughs> and this thing had a big cushion around the top. And I remember telling my dad, I said, the only way we stand a chance at winning this race is just is just hopefully we can idle around those tires faster than everybody else can. <laughs> so we kind of geared up to, to run the bottom because we didn't know anything about running a cushion, especially back then. And halfway through this race, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Billy Moyer and Tim Hitt was racing for the lead. And I may have started like top 10, something, I don't know. But about halfway through the race, I might run these guys down pretty quick. And next thing I know, I drive by them and I'm standing there with a little trophy girl getting my picture made. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> Todd, how many times in our life does a Hopstot race go exactly like that? Man, I don't really think I'm anywhere. And then all of a sudden I'm in the lead and I won the race. That's like every Hopstot race is like, you know, Scott Weber. It's exactly that way at Tri-State, it feels like. <laughs> Uh, well, and another ad admission that I have to make to you, Marshall, is this. So during this, the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up this video cast, I don't think I've ever told you this before. So those of you that don't know, Marshall's wife, Mia, of course, of the Swims family, Mia Swims, um, it, one, of the, one of the more beautiful women inside and out that you will ever meet in your entire life. And I love Marshall's entire family, but particularly Mia. So Mia, I'm just going to say it, Derek, you, very beautiful woman, Marshall's wife, Mia, we all agree. When I was a kid, and I don't think I've ever admitted this to you before, I had a huge crush on Mia. So I don't know. It just feels like in this time of great despair in the United States right now that I come clean on all these things. She would always be selling T-shirts at the T-shirt trailer. I was a, a young young man. I had a big crush on Mia. There, I finally admitted it to you, Marshall. I just I want to know your reaction to that. So so all this time, I've thought that you was a fan of mine, and it's actually been <laughs> a fan of my wife. I, I'm so I mean, I I just I wow. mean, I I love you, Marshall. I do, and I'm just being honest though. I would specifically go to that T-shirt trailer because this you know this gorgeous woman was selling T-shirts. I'm just I felt like it's a time for honesty. So 
Oh wow! I can't. I, I just. I don't even know what to say. I mean, I just. I thought there was something, a, a bond there. That's like because I remember you coming up as this little young kid with big eyes that was all like starstruck every time you'd see someone with a driver's suit on. Yeah. And and just being like the the biggest race fan, and now all this time you were just trying to get close to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> both things can be <laughs> Dustin you quit laughing uh both things can be true I was a, a wide-eyed kid uh but I also I had a crush on her I don't you know it wasn't it didn't go on years and years I don't want to get into creeper zone Marshall it was a fleeting so let me tell you <laughs> so let me tell you a funny story about dust I mean about uh Squall. so our first trip to Fairbury you get Mia and the girls some tickets to sit over there, I guess, and whatever they call that on the back straightaway. Yeah, whatever they call well, that is the right guess, term. Guess who gets uh, intoxicated and falls and lands in Mia's lap? You mean to tell me not our, me? Our own yeah. Derek Kessinger fell into your yeah. wife's lap? I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> I think the well, those bleachers they get they come up on you. I think the codes weren't <laughs> up to standard. Codes weren't up to standard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you Mia, know, Mia comes back to the truck that night and she's like, "You know that suave guy?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "Well, he fell in the bleachers <laughs> and I caught him." <laughs> well, thank you. I guess I should thank her. Otherwise, I could have got seriously hurt. You know. Um, and let me be honest. Again, Mia's a very good-looking woman. I don't think he had anything to drink, Marshall. I think he just he wanted to fall. In, I wanted to fall into her lap. Is what I think uh, happened. Oh my gosh! You guys are killing me here. <laughs> well, at least go. Here's what I envision. I want you to go back and break this news to Mia that I had a, I had a crush on her. And that uh, I feel like she's gonna be like, oh, but then secretly she's gonna be like, oh, that's. I, I'm hoping she finds a little flattering. Is what I'm what I'm kind of looking for here. I need it in these dark days, Marshall. Hey, <laughs> the the last time she was flattered is when she found out I wanted to go out with her, and we ended up getting married. So I'm hoping she's not flattered. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're safe, buddy. I think you're safe, Marshall. It's always good talking to you. You and I. We, we joke. We talk three or four times, two or three times a year, but it's always for two hours every time we talk. So I appreciate it. Please stay safe. Give your love to Mia. Um, give your love to the girls for me down there. And uh, I will make sure to keep Derek in line uh, next time. When you guys come to Fairbury in July, I'll make sure he's in line, okay? <laughs> yeah, thanks for the opportunity to speak with you guys. You as well. Stay safe, and we we'll look forward to seeing you at the races. All right. Thanks, bud. We appreciate it. Yep. Yep. See ya. Todd, if it makes you feel any better, I had a professional crush on you um, as a as, as like a twelve year old. So just that was strictly in a professional sense. Does that does that help you at all, Todd, or no? Well, I mean, Mia, Mia's hair is quite a bit better than mine. I will say that. <laughs> That's true. A couple of final notes I wanted to hit on, guys. Uh, we all agree here. These tracks that we're sort of forcibly trying to run, you just can't, right? Todd, Dustin, we we all agree. You, you just got to be done right now, right? I think right now, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, as this as we maybe have a slow ramp back up, you know, somebody's going to be a little more adventurous and get out there. But it it just doesn't seem seem worth the the you know worth it at this point to be the one. You certainly do not want somebody to come back and say, "Oh, wait a minute, we figured out where this transmission happened, and it was this racetrack, and there's these ten people, and if you go there, if you went to that track, you need to be quarantined." I mean, something like that would just be 
you know, it would be bad for you. Everybody would feel bad. It would just not be a good thing. It just doesn't seem worth it for that. Dustin, can you stop going to races so the racetracks can close down, please? I, I, I have stopped. I am, I have quarantined myself in the house. Come, come to find out that uh, there's a real nice uh, woman that lives in this house with me, and it's my wife. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, you're too much of a newlywed to have that issue already. You, Kimberly should kick your ass out of there. I can't believe she hasn't yet, honestly. Uh, Derek, final thoughts as we wrap up on, the, on this video cast. Just stay safe, everybody. Uh, make smart decisions, and I'm with Todd and them. I'm glad that these race tracks are finally realizing, hey, close down. You don't want to be like a that Rudy Gobert not taking it serious, and then all of a sudden he gets in, and people are getting mad at him. So stay safe. Stay safe. I, my bad, but can that's you, all I got. Can, right turn, can you double box me and Derek or no? Is it possible? Uh, maybe. Maybe not, because I got something I want to do with yeah, Derek. Okay, here we go. All right, guys, I want to tell you at home. I'm going to look right in the camera. I'm going to let you know, okay? If you need inside information on what's going on with the coronavirus, Derek's got a guy. Who's who, got a guy. Who knows a guy. Who knows a guy, Okay. So, you know, if you want to know about quarantines or having to stay home or businesses shutting down, Derek's got a guy, okay? I just want you to know. You know what? I've called a few things in this <laughs> thing, so don't even get me started. Spa's been texting me all week. Hey, man, I'm hearing this is happening tomorrow. I'm, so, I'm, I'm teasing him, of course, because he's been a rock star the last couple of weeks here. So uh, one last thing, too. And, Todd, just real quick touch on this for me. Our, our content on the website, this is what I'm so proud of Dirt on Dirt. And I should say right now, Flow Racing too. The Flow Racing racing team, spearheaded by Tim Truex and our entire Flow team, is rocking and rolling old content on Flow Racing right now. So Flow Racing, we are growing it, man. I'm telling you, we are growing it. It's getting bigger and bigger. But our Dirt on Dirt content, I'm so proud of our team. Todd, Todd, the written stuff and everything else right now, it's been unbelievable. Please check it out. You would agree, Todd. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you hate for this kind of stuff to happen, but, but the reactions and the, the information that we're providing is, you know, at this time, it's, it's important stuff, you know, we're not seeing each other at the racetrack, so a lot, you know, you can learn a lot, and I plead with you to push that uh, catch-all button or click that catch-all link uh, there, uh, and that way you won't miss anything, you know, we're, we're besides uh, all the coverage and in-depth stuff, uh, even even to keep you up with what racetracks are, are canceling or postponing or what the new dates are. Lots and lots of information on there. Uh, all the video stuff, uh, Derek talking to the to the Illinois racers. Yeah, uh, you know, these video casts, I think, are going to be helpful. So good, uh, good stuff out there. Guys, I appreciate you joining me. Let's wrap it up. Um, just in general, please stay safe. Please, I know for whatever reason that there's a vein in racing of, you know, not to listen to authority. Sometimes we're going to do our own thing. This will go faster if we just listen. Just stay at home. Unless you have to go out, don't. Um, and if you really need a piece of information, the bottom line is Derek knows a guy who knows a guy. So if you need to, if you need to call, if you need to call him, you can. Suave, where are we on Tony Stewart Racing right now, by the way? Are we going to start streaming Tony Stewart Racing with you and Bobby and all these guys? I think we need to. Uh, last night... In this room, you have three feature winners in the Swap <laughs> okay. Nationals. Turn, DMAC, and myself, we all won. So we're feeling very confident. Last night, we had 20, 21 drivers, so we almost got a full field now. And it's getting hot. I mean, everybody's paying attention to the sprint car world and Tony Stewart's racing. It's funny, though. Flow Racing's on my car, so you can get that as a sponsorship. I, I, so it, it, I'm a company man. We are a company man. I'm wearing the Flow Racing Did you all have a B-Main? Yeah, no, we do not run companies. No, no, never. Todd, never. Todd, you'll love this. This is how the format goes. You sign in. You log in. You race a 20-lap feature, and then they take your fast time from that feature 
to go to the next feature for your starting race, starting spot. So there's no qualifying, just straight to features. Yeah, you're. So you mean to tell me I don't have to watch stupid hot laps? I don't have to watch stupid qualifying. I do like heats, but I can live without them. There are no consolation races, and all we do is feature race. Yes. Listen. And sometimes no cautions. Tr- t- take oh. th- listen, promoters. <laughs> listen to this. We need to be taking advice from this arcade game, in my opinion. Yes. So, <laughs> turn. I haven't heard from you today. Just give me one quick thought. Turn. Anything. How much? How much hamburger have you browned in the last um, t- uh, t- one week? Turn. Uh, a lot. I'm eating at home. Eating at home. That's, Staying in. That's good. It, Dustin, I got to get a quick thing from you, too. How's how's uh, how's everything on your end? Okay, bud? Uh, pretty good. Getting my office uh, set up. Uh, not you, DJ. Dustin McCarty. Dustin oh, McCarty. Oh, my yeah, there's two of us in here now. That's going to be a little confusing. But, uh, no, everything's going good. Uh, I've been cooped up at home a little bit. Getting my uh, office set up. Um, me and Turn plan on getting uh, my tower Wow, we're really getting today, a good break. Today, we're getting a good breakdown yeah. of DMAX activities here. Yeah, I like yeah. this. This is good. So and uh, and then oh. that night we're uh, doing a little points racing on Tony Stewart. So oh, you just got to watch out for Suave. Uh, we call him the bomber. <laughs> 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 Guys, thank you so much. Thank you to Rick Schwally, Brad Stevens, Marshall Green. They were all excellent. Our guys, Todd, DJ, Derek. Thanks so much, Mia. <sighs> It's not meant to be for us, but when I was 14 years old, I thought it was. So, guys, I really appreciate it. Keep it locked here. Flow Racing, so much content on Flow Racing, so much content on Dirt on Dirt, guys. Check them all out. Hopefully, we're back to racing soon. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week.